What's up, Crave? Yo. Thank y'all for being here. It's our last gathering of the calendar year. So I'm sad, but I'm also excited for the holidays and a chance to spend time with family. But uh, tonight we're going to close out our series, The Message. We've been walking slowly but surely through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And so tonight uh, we'll come to the very, very end. As Robsy mentioned last week, uh, the close of Matthew 7 really builds. Uh, Jesus is pulling no punches. He's pretty upfront and pretty, pretty cutting to the core, I guess I would say. He starts off by saying there's two paths. One leads to life. One leads to destruction. And he, he challenges us to consider what path are we really on. And then Robsy covered last week and talks, and Jesus talks and says that really we need to examine the fruit from people's lives. Not everybody who claims to follow Jesus actually does. Uh, and so we need to consider, is there fruit in my life? Am I really showing that I follow Christ with my actions? Not that our actions save us, but that because we are saved, our lives should be transformed. And tonight, uh, Jesus is going to continue to challenge us to, to look at our foundation. Not to just be somebody who's fluent in Christianese, right? Like you know how to come into church on Sunday and talk the talk. Right? And you can leave from here and you can practice some form of religiosity that can be good enough to, to pass muster with grandma, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're following Jesus. And so tonight, with that examination of the paths, with that thought about the fruit, we look at our foundation. Turn with me one last time in your Bible, Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 24 and following through the end of the chapter. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, don't miss this. Jesus is saying there are two people in this scenario, both of which are hearing what Jesus has to say. So for just a moment, I want you to set aside and understand this is not Jesus talking about somebody who perhaps is living in a third world country, in a jungle, who has never heard the gospel. Okay, that's not who he's talking about. But as an aside, I just want to tell you that we believe God reveals himself even there. Check out this verse from Romans 1, it's verse 20. Paul says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. This is one of those questions that gets brought up often. What about people who never hear? And I want to tell you, that's a, it's a good question. I think this verse speaks to that pretty handily, but I also just want to give you a plug for something we're going to be doing in January. At the end of January, we're going to talk about doubts and questions and being in a place where we don't necessarily understand everything the Bible teaches. And that's not necessarily bad. So if you've got any of those types of questions, be thinking about them now. But I, I get asked that a lot. What about people who never hear? Well, according to the Bible, they can look around and see there's got to be something bigger than me. And so I think that answers that question pretty, pretty well. But that's not who Jesus is talking about here. He says both of these people hear 
his teachings. One chooses to follow it. One chooses to ignore it. What he's saying is that ultimately one person here is wise and one person is a fool. Now, if I were to give you the choice to be labeled as either wise or foolish, I think all of us would want to be wise. None of us would want to be called a fool. Now, Proverbs speaks over and over about wisdom. I, I, I picked just one verse, Proverbs 1-7, because it puts side by side the wise and the foolish. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. We're talking about foundation tonight. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I've been foolish, where I know what's right, and I know what the discipline thing to do would be, but I reject it. And sometimes we convince ourselves that we do this by accident or that, uh, oops, oh no, I stumbled into this. But the reality is most of us, most of the time, when we sin, when we walk away from God, it is active rebellion. And it's foolish. And Jesus doesn't pull any punches. He says that it's foolish to ignore him. But I want to jump back to Matthew 7, and I want to look first at the person who hears Jesus' teaching and chooses to build their life on it. He says, if you take what I have to say and you orient your life around it, you're wise, you're building your life on rock. He says, when the winds come and the rains come and it's a flood, it's a storm, things are rough, things are bad, it seems like they'll never be good again. Kind of like maybe 2020 has been for some of us. He says, when that happens, you will endure because your foundation is solid. You can make it through when everything around you is falling apart. There are a number of verses in the Bible that talk about this very concept. We won't put them all on the screen or touch on all of them tonight. You can jot down the reference if you're a note taker. Isaiah 54, 17 talks about no weapon formed against us can stand, can persevere, can endure. Because our hope, our foundation is in God. Right? And then you can jump over into the New Testament, Romans 8, 31 Paul asks the question, if Christ is for us, who can ever be against us? I have that verse on my desk in my office, and if I'm honest, I need to remember that a lot. If Christ is for me, it doesn't matter if literally everyone else is against me. He is for me. And the reality is, most of the time it just feels like people are against us. Not everybody is always out to get us. But even if they are, Christ is is for us and our foundation is in him and here's the trick if, if you've been following Jesus for a while now I'm going to give you a master's level challenge okay because when we first start following Jesus for a lot of us we're just doing what we know is right it's it's obligatory and we're following him out of duty like I know I shouldn't do this so I'll do this but if you've been following Jesus for a while I want to challenge you to move from acting out of duty to acting out of delight. And it's hard. But if you can get to this place where you love doing what Jesus says, not like, oh, I guess I can't be a part of what everybody else is doing. Oh, man. No, I love that Jesus calls me to something better, and I believe what he has is better. It becomes delight. That is something that is special you go read in Psalm 1, it says that blessed is the one who doesn't walk in the ways of the foolish, but, but the one who delights in the law of the Lord, that rich blessing, Psalm 1, 2. And I got to tell you, I'm not there every day. There are some days I have to make myself do things. I'll give you an example. Forgiving somebody for like the 10th time when I don't really want to, I go, 
I have to do this. I'm a Christ follower, and that's what he calls me to. We've all been there. But if you can move from duty to delight and say, you know what, Jesus has forgiven me so much, I'm so excited to forgive this person for the 10th time. Again, that's master's level, and most of us probably are going to struggle, but that's the goal. We want to grow to be more like Jesus. But he says, those who hear my word and don't follow it, you're a fool. And so I want to make this very personal for you. If you come in here every week, and then you leave out these doors, and you don't ever do any of the things that Jesus says you should be doing, you're a fool. Now, you can go home and tell your mom, your dad, you can listen to this sermon later on podcast and be like, see, I can prove it. Kevin said I'm a fool. Yeah, if you're not following what Jesus says to do, if you listen and listen and listen to me and Robsy and Jacob and Pastor Perry and JC and you never actually act on what Jesus is saying, yeah, that's foolish. He says that's like building on sand and the waves are going to come, the rain's going to come, the storms of life are going to hit. And because you're built on shifting, sinking sand, your life's going to fall apart. And there's a lot of things we choose to build our lives on. Financial security, right? Now, maybe that's not you yet, but that's the trap that you can fall into one day if I just have enough money in my bank account. And again, maybe you can't relate with that because you're like, Kevin, I overdrafted on the $3 I ate at Taco Bell this past week, okay? You're like, that's an oddly specific example, I did that more than once when I was like your age and honestly into my 20s. So I get it. But, the, but there's a day that's going to come when you're like, I finally have enough and I, I can stand on my own. And it's not true. You'll never actually have enough because it's a trap. But you can build your life on money. You can build your life on popularity. Hey, if I just have enough followers, if I just get enough likes, if I just have enough friends and the right friends, I'm good. That's my foundation. Or if I can just win that championship or pass that test or whatever that is for you that you're building your hopes and your dreams on, the question you have to ask yourself is what happens when that's gone? If that money is gone one day, those friends abandon you when you don't pass the test, when you don't make the play, and your life is built on that, and then things get hard, it's going to fall apart. Guys, this year has been difficult And I've got to believe that people are wrestling with things emotionally and psychologically. There's a lot going on in the world. And I'm just telling you, when we can come back to Jesus as the cornerstone, the foundation of who we are, that's when we can endure. That's when we can stand. Now, don't miss this. Both people in this scenario hear the words of Christ. And both people in this scenario go through hard times. We've talked about this a lot. If you think following Jesus is going to make your life easy, you are woefully mistaken. Following Jesus is not always easy. In fact, he said, in this world you'll have a lot of troubles, but you can endure because I'm with you. And it just comes back to, are we going to listen to what he says and act on it, or are we just going to ignore it? Now, James, the brother of Jesus, speaks quite eloquently about this in James chapter 1. We will put this on the screen for you. I think this is a good reference for you to have, James 1, through 25. He says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. There's that word again. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. 
But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you look in a mirror before you start your day, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to church, whatever you've got on the docket that day, and you see you've got a big, fat, gnarly booger hanging out. Someone in the back can relate, right? They've been there. But they were the only person who laughed. But we've all, like, you wake up, you've got the crusties in your eye, you've got the booger. You just look rough. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, cool. And you walk away and you don't do anything about it. And listen, for some people in this room, you're like, and what? That's my life, okay? I'm, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just making the example. That's not great. If you look at the mirror and see, ooh, I could, you know, at least run some water across my face. Or if you look and you, you ever do the teeth check, right? Like when you finish eating, you use your like back camera on your phone. You're just like, and people probably think you're taking a selfie, but really you're trying to make sure you don't have spinach in your teeth. If you do have spinach in your teeth and you're like, okay, and you just go about your day. Gross, man, you got spinach in your teeth. None of us would do that. We would do something, right? We'd get a toothpick or some floss or rinse some water. And James says, if you're going to look at God's word and see who you really are, because this book really will begin to reveal a lot about who you are. If you see that and you don't make changes, that's not great. There are people in this room who've been coming to Brookwood their whole life or been in church somewhere whole life. And the reality is you're still just doing your own thing and you're building your life with you as the foundation. And probably all of us can relate with the fact that we let ourselves down a lot. And so I've got some questions for you to consider tonight. And again, this is our last crave of the year. You're going to leave here and over the next couple of weeks, you're going to start thinking about resolutions and you're going to maybe reflect back and think about how you want to make 2021 better. And before I even give you my questions, I just want you to understand if you try to make those changes in your own power, you will fail. You'll make it to about two, three weeks in and you'll go bust. Only in Christ can there be true transformation. But I got three questions for you to think about. We'll put them all up at once. The first is this, how am I handling the storms? When you look at all the stuff that's really difficult in your life, and that can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Maybe you're struggling with online school because you just are, because, you know, you're human. Or maybe your best friend betrayed you, or maybe your parents are splitting up, or maybe you just don't feel like you measure up or you have enough friends and you feel like these storms are always coming at you. How are you handling that? Like, how do you get through that? When things are difficult, where do you turn? If that answer is anything but Jesus, I would tell you, you're not handling that storm in the optimal way. Second question is this, am I following Christ's teachings? Probably most of us came up through Sunday school or Adventure Week, VBS, and we know a lot of these Bible stories. We know a lot of the stuff we talked about over this series, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, where Jesus talks about how to live our lives. We know it, but we're not following it. Like we can come into small group, which we're going to go to in a minute, and we can talk the talk, but we leave and don't walk the walk. And so that's a question you need to answer for yourself. Like when you think about how you interact with your parents, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your enemy, are you following Christ's teachings? 
And just kind of a subset to that, I would say to you, you probably can't follow Christ's teachings unless you know what they are, which means you have to pick up this book and check them out for yourself. And we've said this over and over, but if you want to know what Jesus is all about, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is a great place to go. It gives a lot of very practical wisdom for life. Are you following Christ's teachings? And then the last thing is this, what's my foundation? If I spend enough time with you, I bet I could guess, but you know better than anybody, even though you'll lie to yourself. And even right now, you might say, well, my foundation's Christ, I'm here. Being in a church does not make you a Christian any more than being in a garage makes you a car. Like, it's just not how it works. You don't become a Christian by osmosis. You can't put your Bible under your pillow at night and just magically absorb it. That's not what it is. What is your foundation? Are you building on Jesus or are you building on something else? Everything else in this life you can build on will fail you except Jesus. We'll close out tonight by looking at one final verse because you may just be sitting there thinking, okay, you know what? I answer these questions and I think to myself, I'm not handling the storms very well. My life is falling apart. I'm definitely not following Jesus and my foundation is not great. To you, I would say what Jesus said when he first came on the scene and started his public ministry. He says, the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. There's not a lot of hoops for you to jump through. You repent and you believe. You turn from what you've been doing and you trust in Jesus as Savior. Now it's Christmas time and we sing a lot of really solid biblical Christmas songs and one of them says come all ye faithful right come ye faithful ones but it's possible just as you consider those questions that you're like you know what I've not actually been very faithful well good news the gospel is for you the band's going to come back and they're actually going to sing a song here in just a moment that talks about how we can all come no matter where we've been whether we've been faithful or unfaithful whether you're 2020 you look back and go i followed jesus really well or man i've barely even opened my bible and i'm lost in the woods the call to christ is the same repent and believe that's all we have to do the gospel boils down to this Jesus loved you so much that he was born into this world. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, not presents, but the coming of a Savior who lived a perfect life and willingly laid down that life that you might experience redemption and forgiveness. It's possible that you've prayed that prayer before, maybe four or five, six times. God, please save me. I feel so lost. God, please would you redeem. Please would you save and you realize, even as you sit there now, because the Holy Spirit will convict you, you never meant it. You were just playing a game. You got caught up in emotion, and you haven't actually lived it out. To you, I would say, come, repent, believe, trust Jesus. If you've never walked that path at all, and you realize, my foundation has been me, but I want it to be Christ, then again, to you, I say, turn and believe. Repent and believe. I'm going to pray for us. And you can pray something similar right where you are, and you can make it your own. And then even during this song, as, as the band uh, sings about coming and trusting him and following him, take some time to just pray. You don't have to only pray with me. This is a time for you to reflect. So let me pray for us. God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. 
Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you that not only did he die, but he rose again. God, as we look into our own lives, as we look at our actions from this past week, even from this past day, we realize we have been unfaithful. God, we have gone our own way and we've built our foundation on so many things that are not you. Would you help each of us to take stock? Holy Spirit, would you come and reveal to each of us where we are and give us the courage and the conviction to repent and believe for the first time or for the hundredth time, to put our hope, our faith, and our trust in you, to make you the foundation of our lives. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.